My name is Michael Gaia. Join me for is Mr. Gerald Salenti himself, who some people consider a doomer, but apparently I'm a doomer too, depending upon my views on markets. Gerald, I know you've had a long career and you've got some phenomenal research and trends journal. Interesting to the audience. Who are you? What have you done throughout your career? What are you doing currently? Well, I began my career running political campaigns in Westchester County back in the 1970s. And then I was the assistant to the secretary of the New York State Senate at 26 years old. By 28 years old, I was the number two guy running a major trade association and living in Chicago and D.C. And I've been with presidents, prime ministers and princes. I, I, I hit the top really big and I became a trend forecaster back in the 19, late 1970s when the Iranian revolution began. And just as what's going on now with you hear the stuff from the mainstream media, which I call prostitutes, media wars that get paid to put out by the corporate pimps and government war masters. When the Iranian revolution broke out, people had no idea of why it happened. Again, all they do is hear the headlines. So as everybody, that's when I became a political atheist. But what I did was I said to myself, you know, this revolution is real and it's not going to stop. So I started playing the futures markets. And with a $5,000 bet, and this is in the late 70s, I bet that gold and oil prices would go up. And at $5,000, I brought up to almost three quarters of a million dollars playing the futures markets. And that's when I quit my job. And again, and just briefly with the Iranian uh, issue, people had no idea about the the overthrow of Mossadegh by the CIA and the MI6 back in 1953. And why did they overthrow Mossadegh? You don't have to believe me. It only took 2017 before the CIA, the criminal interrogation agency, released the data that had the, the going back and forth from Winston Churchill and Kermit Roosevelt Theodore Roosevelt's great-grandson with the CIA, we got to get them, we got to stop Mossadegh because Mossadegh had the nerve, the nerve, the gall to say, look, this oil does not belong to Anglo-Iranian oil, better known today as BP, or Standard Oil, better known today as ExxonMobil. The oil belongs to the Iranian people. Go to hell. And they they overthrew Mossadegh and they slaughtered hundreds of thousands of people. So when the revolution began, that's when I became a political atheist. And I look at trends for the way they are, not the way I want them to be. And I played the markets. And that's how I began my career. And I, by the way, I also had best-selling books, Trends 2000, Trend Tracking, Far Better Than Megatrends, Time Magazine. Been publishing the Trends Journal since 1991. Now it's a weekly magazine with over 170 pages a week. So we, we look at the world and what's going on and a, a gloom and doomer. I mean, right in front of your eyes for everybody to see the world is going to crap. What's your favorite war? Well, I like the Afghan war. I like the first Iraq war. No, the second Iraq war was a lot better. How about the Syrian war? No, what about the Libyan war? Now the Ukraine war, the Israel war, the world's going to crap in front of everybody's eyes. But how about Taylor Swift? I mean, that's what the people don't know. Yeah, Joe, I, I tell you, I'm laughing because I feel like you, you probably have, it's almost like you're verbalizing in a different way a lot of the posts I put out, which are, you know, a persona and sarcastic, but it's like, I'm constantly saying, 
Okay. And I'm constantly even mentioning, you know, the bread and circuses around Taylor Swift when, you know, there's all kinds of other horrible dynamics that nobody's seemingly talking about. Uh, it just doesn't get viral. But hold on, I want to go back to the trend point. It, it's obviously a lot easier to be a trend forecaster when there are actual trends. And I think the problem, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, in a uh, year like this is, other than the trend of duration still getting slaughtered with treasuries and the trend of AI and select names, it's been a whole bunch of chopping sideways. Yeah, you know, as we see it, again, you got to, when you forecast trends, it, one of the what I was saying is opportunity misses those who view the world through the eyes of their profession. So if you're only interested in economic data, you better, you know, you better really start understanding the geopolitics and socioeconomics. We look at over, uh, well over a hundred trend categories every day and try to make connections between different fields. All things are connected like the blood which unites us all, said Chief Seattle. And, and that's the way we look at it. So going back to the markets and what's going on, this thing, as we see it, it's going to crash worse than anything we've seen in modern history. And it's just artificially being propped up. All you have to do is keep looking at the data going around the world. Oh, what is China, the second largest economy in the world? Thanks to their COVID war and, and three years of zero COVID policy, the country is going to crack. Look at the export numbers that just came out. Oh, they're only down 6.4% export numbers, which means the world is buying a lot less products. Let's look at the shipping numbers coming in from Maersk and all the other uh, and the larger shipping companies. They're down into the toilet. This thing is artificially being propped up. And, and, and by the gamblers. And again, look at the numbers. The numbers are there for everybody. 1%, 1% controls over 54% of the equity markets. 10% control it. When you put the 10% in, it's 90%. So the game is rigged. The whole thing was artificially propped up. Go back to 2019. Germany, the fourth largest economy in the world, was at the brink of recession. This is before the COVID war began in January 2020 from China on their lunar Chinese Lunar New Year, the year of the rat, when they launched the COVID war. And then what did they do? They kept a zero interest rate policy in Europe, like, excuse me, negative, and zero interest rate policy in the United States and governments around the world dumping in trillions of dollars to artificially prop the markets up. And look at the debt levels. Uh, wait, we were, what, we were only 33.5 trillion in debt. And you look at the credit card debt, look at the auto loan debt, look at the debt, look at the debt, look at the debt. The whole thing is one big, thick bubble. And it's going to burst. And going back, making all things connected, you look at our top trends for 2023. One of them was Middle East meltdown. We warned about this. You could see it right in front of everybody's eyes who weren't blinded by the political propaganda and the crap that they believe in. So let's go back to 1973 when the Arab nations cut back the oil supply. And that was the beginning of high inflation. And if they do that again, oh, they only have, back then they had, they controlled 37% of the, I get a kick out of this. The, major, the prostitute media, they call the business news, they said they only control 30% now. Are you, what are you talking about? 7% difference. They cut off the oil. We are going to see oil prices go to $130 plus a barrel. 
And that is going to destroy the global economy and crash the equity markets. I'm looking for some optimism. The optimism is if the people stand up and get a pair of balls and stop taking orders, where the hell are the people? Where are you? How about people power and not political power? The only way this is going to change is if the people unite or else we're dead, as I see it. And again, look what's going on around the world. Oh, the Ukraine war is over now. We're forecasting that they're going to do. Ukraine's going to do a false flag event or attack a nuclear power plant or something else to get back in the headline news and get more money to keep the killing fields going. World War Three has begun. It's right in front of everybody's eyes. All right, let, let's take that to, you know, just mark and move because, yeah, I, I tend to share probably more pessimism than most portfolio managers in terms of the state of the world because I can see that things are kind of at the social fabric side of things, you know, largely falling apart. And that's been an ongoing process for many years that social media, I'd argue, has exacerbated as well as all this debt. Okay. Let, let's bring it down to from a portfolio construction perspective. Okay. So even if you were very negative, the question is always when. It's like nothing matters until it matters. And then when it matters, it's the only thing that matters. So we don't choose the cards we're dealt. We choose to play the game. So the question I have for you is, you know, how do you play the game given different time frames, short term, intermediate term, long term? Because no matter what, even if the world's falling apart, there's going to be money to be made somewhere. Well, for me, you know, I, I'm not, a, I don't give financial advice, but for me personally, you know, I have a lot of real estate and I buy gold and Bitcoin. Those are my bets. And, but not right now. I don't buy any real estate. Actually, I'm going to be buying another one because it's, I have three of the most historic buildings in America, the only four corners in Kingston, New York, where there are pre-revolutionary war stone buildings. So I buy into that. And so I connect, you know, I got five buildings connected. So I, that's like, because they're connected. But on, on the real estate thing, again, and it's not negativity, again, shorting the markets. Look at all of the, in, in different areas. Look at all the banksters that are selling their bank stocks, like Jamie Dimon and others. So they know how bad it is. And we're going to see an office building bust that we had forecast in the Trends Journal. And if anybody wants to get the Trends Journal, by the way, it's trendsjournal.com for the grand total of $2.86 a week. Nothing. Nothing. And they're the only magazine that nobody's putting out what we are. If you can find one, let me know. So what we're saying is you got to watch out this office building bust because it's going to bring down the banking system. Right in, in the end of this year... There's going to be almost $300 billion in commercial real estate loans that are due. And now you have interest rates that have gone up. They got to renew their loans and they lost the loaded tenants. Not my numbers, the fact numbers. You got a 20% vacancy rate, vacancy, 20% vacancy rate of the top 10 cities in the United States. You have a, not my numbers, Castle Systems with a K. 49.6% office occupancy rate. Not my numbers, the fact numbers. Foot traffic in New York City down 33%. Okay, so what markets are you going to play? What are you going to do? You're going to short, you're going to long. Think of all the businesses that depended on commuters that are going out of business. So this to me is a lot of areas to short. And it's going to be, by the way, one of my forecasts, Back in 
October of 1999 was dot com this. We had forecast in the Trends Journal that the dot com bust would happen by the second quarter of 2000. It did. It happened in March of 2000. So the AI, AI is different than the dot com. AI is real. It's fake, but real. And it's going to change the world in so many different ways. So we're, we're looking at that and saying, oh, this is going to keep growing and growing in these kind of areas and those kind of areas. So, I mean, so it's not it's about looking at positives or negatives. It's looking at what is. And, and when you look at something as a positive or a negative in the, in the sense of that, it's blurring the reality. So we look at things for what they are again and not the way we want them to be. But there's going to be an office building to bust that's going to bring back, bring down the banking system, particularly the small and medium sized banks that have most of the loans in the office sector. I mean, I got to assume that the Fed is probably aware of that, right? I mean, it's been pretty publicized, the, the, the risks around commercial real estate. And yeah, I think there's, there's some nuances because it's, you know, fragmented. It's not like you have sort of a concentrated player that can bring down the system like an LTCM. Right. But how do you envision the path of that playing out? Because even if that is going to be something that causes real systemic risk, you know, the central bankers are going to try to get ahead of that. They're not going to be able to. I mean, the, the, you know, you got trillions and trillions of dollars coming in, in commercial real estate loans. They're good. They're going to be sailing. I mean, it, again, all things are connected. We were talking about, you know, like the offices, right? So how did it start? You go back to February 2020 when that guy Dorsey was supposed to go to South Africa. Again, we wrote about this as it was happening in the Trends Journal. And he canceled his trip because of the COVID's going to get. Told his workers to stay home. So now here's the deal. They They call these lockdowns. And by the way, everybody calls it a pandemic. The World Health Organization called it a pandemic on March 11th, 2020, when the grand total of 4,219 people died at it out of Eight billion. It wasn't a pandemic. So they locked down everything. Now people are saying to themselves as they're home week after week, month after month, year after year. Holy Christ, I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning, commuting an hour and a half each way. I'm not going to do that anymore. How the hell could I have done that? So now that's why you have the office occupancy rate at 49.6%. Now let's say I'm a tenant in in one of the office buildings. And I say to them, listen, I mean, I have employees. Now, you know how I mean, often I see them? I don't see them that, that often. I see them every now and then. I got other stuff to do. Yeah, stay home. I don't need 10 floors anymore. Give me three. This thing, what's very important is that when a couple of banks go bust, that's when the fear starts spreading. Just like what happened with the Silicon Valley Bank, the First Republic Bank. You saw the fear would happen. So that's what's going to happen. And they're not, and you said the Fed knows. Oh, the Fed knows. You mean the Fed that said there was no inflation? It was only temporary. Oh, no, you're full of crap, Salenti. There's no inflation. It's only transitory. That's really be stupid. They, they don't know crap. Look at Lagarde spewing out the crap, too. Look where they come from. Oh, and by the way, here's our forecast of interest rates and going back to where it's going. They're going to start lowering the interest rates we're forecasting in 2024. When they lower interest rates, it's going to be the beginning of the death of the dollar. Gold prices are going to go up as interest rates go down. And why are they going to lower them in 2024? 
because they do it all the time in the run up to the presidential reality show. The facts are there. Oh, you're talking about being negative and positive. Let's go back to November of last year. We had forecasts in the Trends Journal that the S&P 500 would go up over 16% this year. And it did. It went up almost 20%. In July, we forecast the markets are going to go down in September and October. They did. Again, we look at the facts. And the reason why, by the way, we came and we said the markets are going to go up and the S&P is going to go up is because following the last 40 midterm elections, the S&P 500 has gone up over 16%. We said it's not going to be any different this year. So going back to why they're going to lower rates and why you follow the trends. They lower rates in the run-up to the presidential reality show all the time. Now, anybody with a brain bigger than a pea could see who's running the country. It's called the bankster bandits. Who is our treasury secretary? Ms. Fatsha Brut, Janet Yellen. Oh, what was the last job? Oh, she was the Fed head. Hey, wait a minute. You're telling me that the former head of the Federal Reserve is now in control of our treasury? Yeah, that's right. So they want to stay in power. They want to stay in there. They're going to lower rates to artificially prop up the markets in the run-up to the election. And again, when rates go down, the dollar goes down and gold goes up. Speaking about just the uh, the health of the banking sector, um, I'm sure you're probably seeing some of these glitches going on with Japan's bank stocks, China, I think, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I feel like that doesn't get as much media coverage. as There's one guy in particular, I, I, I care Cole's username, but he's on <laughs> pointing this out to me in, in replies on my post. But what are your thoughts on just the likelihood of a banking crisis really being more outside of our borders? We'll be back after a quick break. Hello, listeners. Michael Guyad here from Lead Lag Live. Are you ready to take a deep dive into market trends, risk management, and investment strategies? Then you need the Lead Lag Report. Our in-depth analysis helps you understand the financial markets like never before. And guess what? We're giving you a chance to experience it at a discounted rate. Visit theleadlag.report slash leadlaglive and get an exclusive 30% off on your subscription. Don't miss out. Level up your investment game with the Lead Lag Report. And now, back to our discussion. Oh, it's going to be global. Again, this lockdown, the damage that the COVID war has done to lives and livelihoods that destroyed billions of people. You know, again, let's go back to China. You look at China's GDP numbers from like 1970 to 2000. It was slightly going up. And then that other war criminal, Bill Clinton, bombs away over Baghdad. He was the guy that gave us NAFTA that sucked the jobs out of the United States. And he brought China into the World Trade Organization. Again, people don't know anything about what was going on. It was a called the uh, Battle of Seattle back in 1999. Some 50,000 people took to the streets in Seattle when the World Trade Organization was meeting there and they were bringing China into the World Trade Organization because they knew that they'd be sucking the job out of America. But what the prostitute media did, there were these guys, these agents provocateurs, these guys in perfect shape, dressed in black with their faces covered, smashing windows you know, setting car on fire or something like that. That was all the news. The news wasn't that these jobs leaving America are going to destroy the country. So let's go back to China. 
China gets into the World Trade Organization officially two weeks after 9-11. You look at their GDP, whoop, skyrocketing. You look at the boom of the country. This happens all the time. They were overbuilt because when things are going great, people get really get crazy about, it. I'm getting into this. I'm going to keep doing that. Just like the dot-com bus made up crap. We're going to do this, that. They way overbuilt China. Then again, the Chinese launched the, the COVID war and they locked down the place for three years, three years. So they made a very bad situation. It was already overbuilt and the market was going to bust anyway. They created they, what they created with the lockdowns unprecedented. The China, our forecast used to be, again, we, we, I, I always say, don't call me a futurist. Nobody could predict the future. There are too many wild cards where they're made by nature or humans. And the, and the COVID war was made by humans. So going back to it, we had said the 20th century was going to be the American, was the American century. And the 21st century would be the Chinese century because the business of America is war and the business of China is business. No longer is our forecast that the 21st century is going to be the Chinese century because they are, what they have created there, the debt levels, what's their debt to GDP levels, depending on whose numbers you're looking at? It's like 300%, 300%. So this thing's going to go down big. But don't worry, as I say, when all else fails, they take it a war. So you're going to see a ramping up a war with China doing something with Taiwan or something else. Always gets the people's minds off the problems. Again, what followed the dot-com bust, the war on terror? What followed the Great Depression, World War II? What followed, again, people don't know anything about it. There were 39 weeks, 39 weeks of massive protests going on in Israel because of Netanyahu's Judicial Reform Act. Not my language, the language from the Israelis, from Haaretz, the Israeli newspapers, Jerusalem Post, Times of Israel. There was a civil war going on in Israel. All forgotten now. When all else fails, they take you to war. Oh, and by the way, look at the damage now that this war has done to the Israeli uh, economy. It was the 18th uh, richest nation in the world, once upon a time. And then again, look at the implications going on. Again, if they, if the United States and Israel, the United States is bombing uh, places in Syria because those Iranians and Syrians are bombing the United States in Syria. What the hell is the United States illegally in, doing in Syria? Shut the hell up, Salenti. We're stealing the oil in eastern Syria. What the hell you think we invaded Iraq for? If we think we would have invaded Iraq if their major export was broccoli? So if we get into war with Iran, and oil prices spike, kiss the economy and the equity markets goodbye. Again, all things are connected. I, I am curious, though. I hear you on oil from a, you know, that target of 130-ish. Has it been surprising that oil hasn't spiked with Israel Hamas? I mean, I think everyone was expecting that. And it's been a pretty aggressive sell-off the last you know, couple of weeks here. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I thought that would have gone much higher. Any sense of why that might be the case? I mean, maybe just too many people are expecting this. Or- well, what they're saying, what they're saying is demand is going way down. So that's the reason that they're going for, you know, it's that demand is going down. Again, look at the shipping numbers. Look at the export numbers. Oh, again, it goes, you know, the, the, you know, the consumer, you know, shopping went up, retail sales went up. How about the PMI numbers? What's the manufacturing numbers doing? You look at the manufacturing numbers in Europe, they're, they're negative. 
during the 46, 47% range. Same in the United States. The PMI numbers are way down. So you got to look at manufacturing. And when you're looking at manufacturing, you're looking at oil. So the, the reason they're saying the oil, the reason they're saying the oil prices are going down is because demand is going down. So I put a piece out on investor plays recently noting that it seems like all the drivers of inflation suddenly are, are dissipating, right? So the demand pull side is a lot weaker. Retailer stocks are telling you that, right? Consumer strength is not really going to be there. It's probably more facade based on credit card and borrowing uh, type dynamics. The commodity side is, I think, largely telling you that cost push inflation is, you know, dead or dying. So against that backdrop, you've got a Fed that's still has a pretty high interest rate. So why couldn't we have some kind of, you know, as is traditionally the case, some kind of, you know, mini deflationary bust because the Fed did what it always does, which is act too late. Yeah, again, you know, then you know, we can. But again, going back to, we, we, you're going to see def- deflation at some levels because the economy is slowing down globally. But again, even if it slows down, that doesn't mean all inflation is going to go down. And this is, I just, Clicked on oilprice.com. Top story. Concerns mount over Chinese crude oil demand. But then you look at another one. Iran's proposed embargo could cause chaos in oil markets. Just what we were talking about. So again, you know, this is a wild game going on. And nobody could really predict what's going to happen next. Which is funny because that was the narrative at the start of the year, right? The reopening is going to cause this massive oil boom. Everybody's going to be spending like crazy in China. And it being the exact opposite. No, we said the opposite. We said it wasn't, we said there wasn't going to be a boom because again, the damage, the, you know, when the COVID thing happened and people used to say, it'll come back. It'll come back. No, well, you destroyed all those businesses. It's not coming back. It's not coming back. And again, you look at the data and you have to go, you have to look at the psychological effects, the drug effects. You look at you, with this, with what's going on with schools, with students, on and on. It, no, we said it wasn't going to come back. The damage is this cause is incalculable. Just to reset the room for the remaining 20 minutes, so everybody, please make sure you follow Mr. Gerald Salente. Uh, very passionate, which is nice to see in a world where everybody is worried about how they sound to others. Uh, being authentic, I think, is critical. But if you want to come up and ask questions, click that bottom left mic request button. And as always, this will be a podcast under Lead Lag Live on Apple, YouTube, and Spotify. You had used that line before, Gerald, this whole thing is being propped up by the gamblers, which I equate to the uneducated speculators that COVID brought in combined with no commission trading combined with, you know, ease of which people can trade options, zero DTE type of dynamics. Yeah, how do we end the gambling? I know you can't ever fully end this, right? It's like I put a, a post saying, yeah, the bear market's not over until the stupid shit ends. When you see, you know, some of these you know, shit coins, cryptocurrencies, which have no use case, just going vertical on people, again, using emojis, basically gambling, you know, their money away and maybe making money. But yeah, what's it going to take to break that mentality? Now, the cryptocurrency thing is real for a number of reasons. And you take a look at Argentina, for example. What's their inflation rate? Like it's well over 100%. Again, that's what I'm trying to say is that economies could go down and inflation could keep going up if your currency keeps going down. And again, the United States currencies might go down when they start lowering interest rates. So going back to the cryptocurrencies, 
the, the people are there. They say, what the hell am I going to do with my money? I, I can't, you know, I, and so they're gambling in, in the crypto markets. And that's one of the things that keeps driving it up. And you're going to see more and more people keep doing that. And that's why, again, with, with the forecast three new trends journal, we said when with Bitcoin, we said if it goes below 15,000 a coin, then it's going to crash to, you know, into the low numbers. But if it goes, if it's, if it solidifies over 30,000, we're going to see 42, 45,000 coming next. And again, you, we look at what's going on globally. And again, younger people are the people playing these markets. You know, I'm an old cat. You know, I'm, I'll be, if, if I make it, if the world doesn't, we don't get annihilated in nuclear annihilation, I'll be 77 by the end of the month. You know, so I've been around. This isn't my generation's, you know, play game. It's, this is a whole different generation that's doing this. So we see crypto, we, uh, Bitcoin as a player for a long time. The only thing that we see changing it is when, not if, but when governments go to uh, the central banks go digital currency and they're going to do it. They're going to do it because they're going to come out with a new currency because they're not going to be able to pay off the debt they have with the other ones as the dollar crashes. So they're going to make up some crap like oh, the Russians invaded our, you know, hacked into our banking system. You lost all your money, but don't worry about it. We're giving it back to you in a different currency. So they're not going to want competition. That's going to be the bottom line. So when I mean, you go to India, the people aren't using any cash anymore. They're all doing it with their phones. They're paying by, it's, and it's all going to go digital. Going back to AI, all things are connected. It's going to be a digital world. AI, we own you. So that's what we see the cryptos going down. But until then, we don't see that happen. But I want to say just kind of more broadly, I, mean, I was just using the, the kind of shit coin example, right? Kind of the things which are not legit, right? Kind of going forward. But, but the, you know, between the options trading and all the sort of, I think, retail players that don't know how much risk they're taking and how much leverage they're taking, you know, that's what concerns me the most. I don't see how you would ever really kind of walk that back, but. It just seems like we've enabled people to enter the casino without checking for IDs. But they've done it all the time. Again, go back to the dot-com bust. I, I'll tell you why I, we, I, I'd forecast it. You know, in those days, I used to watch television. <laughs> Matter of fact, one time, you know, I used to be on all the mainstream media. I used to be on Oprah, Oprah twice. I used to be on CNN when it was a good network, like four times a month. USA Today was a big newspaper. You know, they virtually every week they'd be quoting me, running my top trends. Um, Today's show, Good Morning America. I've been, been on with all of that. So I'm watching this stuff and they're not making any sense. These guys are on all these shows, these young guys talking about, you know, the new internet revolution and they're coming up with all these things. And I'm saying what they're saying, I, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. And that's why I had forecast a dot com bust. This other stuff, yeah. So what I'm what I'm saying when you're, you're talking about you know the, the the crazy players in the other and the other crypto markets, again, that stuff goes on all the time. It goes on all the time, but it's just in different sectors. It's no different than going to casino and playing. Yeah, well, it, it, but but it's no different than that. Yes, but I, I'd argue that it's more damaging because yeah, you know, now now you don't know if price is truth. You don't know if price is a true reflection of the wisdom of the crowds as opposed to the mania of the speculator. But I'm saying the same thing happened with the dot-com bust. The mania of the speculators. It, was, it had nothing to do with reality. Going back to the trend work that you do, 
top friends, right? So we're coming up towards the end of the year. I still think there's a very real possibility of fireworks into the end of the year. I've been wrong on my timing about the corporate credit events. You know, it seemed to have happened in treasuries phase one, but I still think at some point you're going to see credit spread to widen, consistent with bankruptcies rising. Uh, it's just a question of when. I know everyone talks about seasonality. I keep going back to seasonality works until it doesn't. Last year was the fifth work December in history. I don't know why it's impossible to think that you can't have another week December. But if you're going to say, okay, trends for the short term to immediate term, top trends, uh, what are some of the things that you want to try to highlight to either readers of Trends Journal or just in general people that are kind of tracking your work? We'll be back after a quick break. Foodies unite with How You Dish. It's social media with a secret sauce. Food, the world's first network for food enthusiasts. How You Dish connects foodies across the world. Share kitchen tips and recipe hacks. Discover hidden gem food joints and street food. Find foodies like you. Connect, chat, and organize meetups. How You Dish makes it simple to connect through food anywhere in the world. So, how do you dish? Download How You Dish on the Apple App Store now. Well, and again, our major concern is escalating war. That, that's the number one thing that we're concerned about. I mean, you know, World War II is not ancient history. Do you know how many Russians were killed in, in, in World War II? In Operation Barbarossa brought to you by the, the Germans? 25 million. Didn't they asked uh, Albert Einstein, he knew a thing or two about the atomic bomb. He said, what kind of weapons will be used to fight the Third World War? He said, I don't know. He said, but they'll be using sticks and stones to fight the fourth. This is serious what's going on. And again, we've been writing in the Trends Journal. We do an economic update, market overviews, of course, every week. And we've been writing about this. We say, look, you know, you're concerned about the, you know, the economy and this and that, you know, what to invest in. But this is really the major focus of us right now. This is deadly, deadly serious. Again, if Iran gets involved in this war, Again, the United States is attacking places in Syria. I mean, what the hell are you doing? So that's our major concern. The rest isn't going to make a bit of difference. Because again, it goes back to oil prices. Go back to the dot-com bust. Oil prices, and not the dot-com bust, I'm sorry, the the Panic of 08. By the way, I took that domain name out, panicof08.com in 2007. And look what happened with oil prices. And then look what happened to the markets when oil prices went up. So again, that's our focus is oil prices is the main thing we're focused on because the markets, you know, I mean, it's, you got a couple of companies running the thing up. And again, look at the, look at how some of the big tech numbers are going down. And that's very important to keep watching too, you know, with the apples and, you know, what's going on with China with them. And those those are our major focuses, China, oil. And the war going on in, in the Middle East. Again, our top trend, one of our top trends is right there for everybody to look at. It came out on January 3rd of this year, Middle East meltdown. And we warned about this. And again, we talk about oil prices spike, just the economy and the equity markets goodbye, just like before. So it sounds like, I mean, if I'm going to drill that down into like a portfolio idea, the simplest answer would be, you know, play defense uh, stocks, play, you know, the Lockheed's, yep. the Boeing's. I mean, that's, yep. that, that will be really the bet. Yeah, look at that. Look what they've done. Again, not my language. The language of a guy that was a five-star general 
supreme commander of the Allied forces in World War II and two-term president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, warned the American people that the military-industrial complex is taking over the country and robbing the nation of the genius of the scientists, the sweat of the laborers, and the future of the children. Here we are. When you look at the, when you look at the defense budget and you put in the, the, the crime syndicates called uh, the CIA, NSA, Homeland Security, you're looking at well over a trillion dollars a year. And again, not my language, the, the language of Biden and his talk recently about how this is going to create more jobs to the people by building the military industrial complex up. Oh, and by the way, Who's the guy playing our defense secretary, Lloyd Austin? What was his last job? Do you know? I was about to Google it or ask chat. You don't know. How about sitting on the board of directors of Raytheon, the second largest defense contractor in the United States? Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me. So it's a crime syndicate that people call a government. So yeah, you play those stocks if you want to, because it's just going to keep ramping up unless we have peace. And by the way, up here in Kingston, New York yesterday, there were over there were almost 2,000 people. This is a small town. You know, it was about 23,000 people. There were over 2,000 people protesting what's going on in, in Israel, calling for a ceasefire. And it was, you know, it was brought to you by Jewish Voice for Peace. There were well over 2,000 people in the streets chanting for peace and a ceasefire. I, and I, again... I'm around, you know, I was prime draft meat during the Vietnam War. The protests going on now, I haven't seen protests like this since the Vietnam War era. And it was the protests that stopped the war. It's people power, not political power. I'm hearing from, again, trading or, or allocation perspective, yeah. given the negativity, I have to assume that doesn't mean that you're leveraged short all things at all times. No. Uh, how do you think about shorting when you have a broader negative you. I make it very public. I don't believe shorting works over any period of time. I've done back tests. Almost impossible to make money with shorting consistently. You just given the nature of the way markets move. But how do you marry sort of a negative view with you know a portfolio in terms of how you're trading? Yeah, I'm not a great. I mean, trading isn't my skill. You know, I'm not the best guy to talk about that. So you, you yourself don't necessarily short. You're looking at just kind no. of allocation. Yeah, and again, my my you know I'm not a. That's not my my skill. It's, I do trend forecasting. I'm not a, I'm not a great market player. Again, my only investments, as I said, are real estate and, and gold and Bitcoin. You know, I'm not a market player. I'm not good at it. Uh, on the gold side, you do gold miners or just gold itself directly? Yeah, just gold itself. And I've been buying gold since 1978. My first buy was $187.50 an ounce. So, and I believe you're going to see gold prices when they start lowering interest rates, you're going to see gold prices spike to well over $2,500 to $3,000 an ounce. And again, if this war keeps ramping up, you saw what happened with gold when the Israel war started in, on October 7th, how prices skyrocketed like $100 an ounce within, you know, days. And well, again, look at, the people buying gold, look at the, from the, the, the Chinese, they're, they're the biggest buyers of gold right now. And again, when the, when the dollar weakens, gold prices are going to go up because it's going to be cheaper for other countries to buy gold. 
as the dollar goes down, their currencies go up a bit. So we've, I'm very bullish on gold and Bitcoin, but not real estate right now. Again, you look at the apartment sales of apartment rentals in New York City that was skyrocketing during the COVID war. Now they're going way, way down. And you know what, one of the reasons why? People are leaving there like crazy. People are leaving a lot of the big cities. They're leaving Chicago. They're leaving LA. They're leaving San Francisco. San Francisco's a hellhole. Again, brought to you by politicians. I hate this shit that they keep saying as a result of the pandemic. Oh, and don't forget, stand six feet apart because the wind blows exactly in straight lines and six feet doesn't go up, doesn't go down, doesn't go around. And when you get on that airplane, you wear that mask. But when you're eating and drinking, you could take it off because COVID knows when you're eating and drinking. And when you walk into that restaurant, you make sure you walk in with that mask on. But when you sit down, you can take it off and eat and drink because COVID knows when you're eating and drinking and it doesn't go at, co- at table height. All right. I'm just making that clear to see the damage that these arrogant little political pieces of crap have caused. The damage is incalculable. So people are moving out of these places. I grew up in the Bronx. I'm a New Yorker. I know what New York used to be. New York is a shithole now. Between the homeless everywhere, and and it's not like the old homeless where the guys and chicks didn't want to work, you know. This is different. These are people that really need dough. And now the migrant crisis, you should see all of them all over the place. So, no, this is serious. So they're moving out. So when I talk about real estate, where I am, at, at Bloomberg's numbers, out of 181 cities, this is one of the cities that was number one where people were moving to. Outside in New York on the Hudson River, Catskill Mountains, you know, the whole thing. Only two hours from the city. So there's going to be real estate opportunities there. Oh, and then real, when the, and when the, and we say the markets are only going to go back up when interest rates go to back below 5%. And we don't see a crash in the housing market unless there is World War Three escalates. Then, you know, then everything will go down. Gerald, as we come up to the top there, hour, for those that want to track your work, you mentioned Trends Journal, but you know, talk about the, the amount of work that goes into that. I mean, it's not easy well, to put out content like that. I've never worked harder in my life. Never worked harder in my life. We're giving the people everything we can to help, not only them, but to change the course. You know, I launched Occupy Peace back in 2015. and major rallies. I've been fighting for peace. And I'm telling everybody everywhere, do anything you can in the name of peace, any way you want to do it, any way you want to do it. And again, you want to donate to Occupy Peace, fine. If you don't, fine, but do something in the name of peace. That is the most important issue right now. And so it's a trends journal. Again, it's nothing. $2. I get the, I get the New York Times, the toilet paper record, $4 a day. The Wall Street Journal has gone down so far from what it used to be. $5 a day. This is $2.86 a week. A lousy cup of coffee. Now, going back to the Wall Street Journal, read the Wall Street Journal on Saturday and read the market wrap-up. Not a mention of the Asian markets or the European markets. They have fired so many people over the years. Journalism is dead. It's dead. It's gone. Everybody's selling their agenda. Again, 
we look at what in the world is going on, what it means, what's next. And then when we, when we give you the major articles, we write, this is what's being reported. So, you know, it's not coming from us. And then we give our trends analysis. This is the way we see it. And then we give our trend forecast. This is where we see it going. So you know that we're not skewing it as they are. The language that they use, the propaganda language, that and it just keeps the people going. You know, they just buy into it. So this is a time to really think for yourself. And don't, if, if you belong to a political club, you better grow up. And again, this is the hypocrisy. You know, these clowns, I, I can't stand. Again, I was the assistant to the secretary of the New York State Senate. I was there. I was at the top. I'm a young guy, like I'm 26 years old. We'd be standing in the back and they got a clown, a sergeant at arms opening up the door. Senator Frank Jones, Senator Tom McNeil. I said, what's the matter? Cat can't open the door by himself. He got the slob opening the door. And then my friends, they used to follow the Senate to his seat, pull it out and help him sit down. I said, what's the matter, man? Cat can't sit down by himself. So it's up to the people power. So I'm telling people, do everything you can. If you don't do anything, you get what you deserve. Everybody, make sure you follow Gerald's. Uh, and this is a, a very passionate conversation, which again, I certainly appreciate. And I like to give people plenty of time to express themselves. And there's a lot of truths, I think, to many things that Gerald said here. Please show him support. Check out Trends Journal. Again, this will be a podcast under Lead Lag Live. And hopefully, I will see you all next week. Gerald, I really do appreciate your time here. Thank you. Thank you very much for all you're doing. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. The content in this program is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any information or other material as investment, financial, tax, or other advice. The views expressed by the participants are solely their own. A participant may have taken or recommended any investment position discussed, but may close such position or alter its recommendation at any time without notice. Nothing contained in this program constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in any jurisdiction. Please consult your own investment or financial advisor for advice related to all investment decisions. Don't forget to follow at LeadLag Report on X, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube, and check out the LeadLag Report at www.leadlagreport.com. Use promo code PODCAST30 for two weeks free and 30% off to get access to award-winning research and anticipate stock market crashes, corrections, and bear markets.